This morning I was thinking about something my pastor said yesterday, about finding freedom from pain in the glory, but the pain returning once he got home. Some people would say that this is from a lack of faith, but his response was that this is due to the effect of the glory. I've experienced the same thing, and I was wondering, how can we keep that effect of the glory once we've left the service, so that even if we are not healed yet, we can walk in freedom from pain or ill effects? And the immediate response I got was, dwell in the glory. Sounds simple, right? But how do we do that? How do we carry the glory of God with us throughout our day, walking in healing and having it flow out from us to others? The scriptures say, the glory of the Lord fills the temple, and you are the temple of God. In theory, we should always be carrying the glory of God with us. So what is it that causes the glory to either not fill the temple or leave it? One example we have in scripture is where persistent, deliberate, willful sin that was continued in despite the warnings of the prophets caused the glory to depart from the temple. Another is where things other than what God commanded were given space or a room in the temple, taking up space that was meant for the things of God. The glory of God will not fill a space that we have given over to something else. But can we really walk around all day overflowing with the glory of God? The simple answer is yes. Jesus did it. Everyone who came to him was healed. Peter and John came to a place where they did. Even their shadow touching someone caused them to be healed. And there are many other examples throughout history. But one more recent example is Catherine Coleman. She had to let airlines know ahead of time when she would be arriving so that they could bring her in through a separate entrance because the airlines themselves had linked a series of strange occurrences of people falling to the ground and going into trance-like states to her passing through the terminal. So yes, it can be done, but it takes us being intentional about seeking out the things in our lives that we prioritise ahead of God which is sin, or the things we are filling up on, by which I mean listening to, watching, reading, focusing on, giving time to, instead of the things of God, and then doing the work needed to remove those things from our lives. This means repentance, confession, forgiveness, and changing our patterns of behaviour. The first part can often be the work of a moment. The last part, however, usually takes deliberate choosing, moment by moment and day by day. And every time we recognise we've fallen into old ways of thinking or acting. Let's not beat ourselves up or give in, but once again bring those things to the cross and surrender them to God. The scriptures say God dwells in the praises of his people. King David knew this and instituted continual praise and worship with the singing of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs in the temple. When we are living lives in an attitude of praise and worship, we can't help but be filled with the glory of God. And when we realise we've moved from that place, 
It is, as I said before, the work of a moment to recognize it, repent, confess, and receive forgiveness, and move on in that place of praise and worship once again, being filled afresh with God's Spirit and His glory. It may seem fantastical to walk around overflowing with the glory of God and seeing people healed and knocked over by the power of God as we pass. But it's happened before with ordinary people who've been willing to give God full access to every part of their lives and selves. Jesus said, greater things than these you will do. Yet we don't see that happening very often. This is because it's a choice. We can choose to empty ourselves of anything that would hinder the free flow of his spirit, or we can choose to allow him only access to certain parts of our lives. We often say we want to see God move in glory in our lives and the lives of our communities. But do we want it enough to choose him first in everything? To give him first place in our moment-by-moment -moment existence? To prioritise the things of God over the things of this world? It's easy to get distracted in our fast-paced virtual reality world, to give our attention drawn away to other things. But as the old hymn says, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This is the way Jesus lived his life, face to face with the Father. And this is the way we are called to live ours. The interesting thing is that if you're standing face to face with someone, and if you want to remain that way, you only have to have two options, to be still or to dance with them. So let's dance. Let's dance through our days. And when we do so, let's allow God to take the lead so we can be face to face, singing his praises and doing what we see him do.